Today I speak to Dr Anne Damien. In high school, Anne got the opportunity to attend the National Youth Science Forum. It was the first time she was surrounded by other people genuinely excited and passionate about science. Studying both biotech and business, Anne's attention turned to taking discoveries from bench to bedside through translation and commercialization. Anne's career now takes life-changing and life-saving healthcare technologies to market. I'm Dr. Kirsty Short, and you're listening to Women in Science, a podcast series from the University of Queensland. And thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your story. What I find really fascinating is you identify as a third culture kid. Can you talk to me a little bit about that and what that means? Yeah, absolutely. So third culture kid, I was born in India and raised in the Middle East, did most of my schooling there and then came to Australia to sort of finish year 11 and 12 and get on to just living here for the last decade and a half, I'd say. So yeah, just having different cultures, being born into one, which I am still sort of very much a part of and being raised in the Middle East. Second home and Australia now home. So I believe I've been able to have different perspectives from each of these cultures, different Mm. learnings, and it's really helped shape the perspectives I now bring into life, whether it's in Korea or any other area. So um, what an incredible experience. Yes. So talk to me a little bit about your first experience of science. Where was that? Was that in India, the Middle East, Australia? What was it like? Yeah. So I guess the schooling system that I went to, we very much had all sciences as a part of our curriculum. Mm -hmm. So it's very much in year 10 where we get to decide if we want to go ahead with the science stream or the business. So that was like the two main streams. Mm -hmm. I started my year 11 there with science and then sort of the family moved to Australia happened. And then coming here, you just decide, oh, you've got more than science and business. You've got all these other options. Yeah. But I, I mean, I did philosophy. So yeah, I, can't, <laughs> I can't judge any random decision. I know. And then I also had options like music and mm. religion. Like these were all just different options, which I feel like if I grew up here, I would end up with maybe a different set of options. But going back to, I guess, science was my known and Mm. I've always been fascinated by this chemistry and biology and maybe a little bit of physics but (laughs) it's right I've never done physics so I can't judge (laughs) so yeah that's sort of how it started but coming to Australia I realized there was so many options even within science that I was introduced to Mm. so what I mean by that is in year 11 I came across a national youth science forum that we were told about it's a two-week science camp for year like end of year 11 that you go to in Canberra that I applied for and then I get selected and spend two weeks with a bunch of kids like about 200 of us in Canberra for two weeks and this is where I think my I guess, enthusiasm for science and exploring careers sort of was reinforced because we came across anything from geology, physics to environmental science. And then you had your biology and your chemistry and like Mm. all of those. And I remember one of the cool sessions was meeting ex-CIA, but also forensic science, like all these like cool things that you you hear about growing up. And we got told in one of those sessions, if you want to be a spy and if you think it's like being James Bond and sipping cocktails, you're better off going on a 
acting career because in real life and they just debunked all these things that you thought was that yeah. um, and it was nothing like it. <laughs> That's fantastic. But also what a great introduction to the diversity of careers that science offers. Yes, exactly. So loved the two weeks there and then biotech is what stood out to me. And then in year 12, I attended another science camp at UQ hosted by Ausbiotech. They had a student arm at the at the time, but now it's the Ausbiotech National Organization. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of like one of the biggest industry bodies for all things biotech. Went on to that, loved the idea of biotech and commercializing science. Oh, that's sort of what stood out to me. So ended up applying for it and got into UQ. So <laughs> that's sort of how it led me to my undergrad, where I did a combined biotech and innovation management degree. So mm-hmm. double major. My science major was molecular sciences, and then the business was innovation management. So did that for four years. And that's how I ended up in STEM careers, I'd say. <laughs> With your honours year, I really want to talk about that because you really broke the mould with your honours year. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. So in my undergrad, I started off, had lots of science um, lab hours, which was lovely. It was a little different to what I was expecting because I um, loved those long hours, but also was expecting to have a bit more interaction. And I also wanted to snack in between, which, <laughs> you know, I, made I me... love that. That sucks about working in the lab. I will yes. attest to that. <laughs> so I was like, all right, this is a little different, but love it. So during my undergrad years, I volunteered in a couple of labs just to know what it would be like to work in a lab. Mm. So volunteered at a lab at QUT with Dr. Mia Woodruff. Mm-hmm. At the time, it was great to just sort of understand some of the projects that's happening while studying at UQ. And then I realised one day we had a little bit of breakthrough in the lab we were looking at bone composition and how to regrow bones Mm -hmm. Um, at the time it was really exciting and then I looked at Dr Mia and I was like so how does this go from the lab from like bench side in a lab to bedside to a patient Mm -hmm. you know I was really excited about that and that question led me to realize oh that's a whole different Mm ballgame like you have these amazing solutions from the lab that needs to go through a whole process of translation and commercialization to bring it as a product to market Mm -hmm. so that is the genesis of like, I guess, my career thought process. So I went to the head of biotech department at UQ. It was Professor Ross Bernard at the time. And I was like, look, I am doing a bunch of business subjects, but also science and I'm doing well in business. Would I be able to perhaps look at an honest project that is non-wet lab and industry-based? There were a couple of projects that were still industry-based, but very much wet lab. And that was a value, sort of like a pitch that I put forward and turns out there was a right opportunity that came up uh, along the same time with Cook Medical, which mm-hmm. is a local medical manufacturing company, US company, but they've got local manufacturing presence here. So I started there doing a non-wet lab project as my honours year and absolutely loved it. Got to engage with multiple stakeholders, understand the processes that went into the product development process and looked at the stage gate product development process and their capabilities around it. And that was considered a success. End of that year, I put forward a couple of recommendations that Cook took on to consider and implementing in their different offices for their process. And then 
UQ, on the other hand, realised that maybe undergrads can also be an industry non-wet lab project. So that was a win-win for both parties. And I was offered a job, a newly created role at Cook Medical Hmm. as a tech scout to look for new technologies in the APAC region. That was the scope of it. And it was a test model, two of us, two to three of us in this region, which eventually grew on to be 22 of us globally across America's, the European regions and APAC. Amazing. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about what you're doing now. And I want to pitch a specific question to you. I think a lot of people are feeling in science nowadays that it's publish or perish. Do you feel that? And talk to me a little bit about your current position. Okay, so I was aware a little bit about being a scientist. I've always liked the idea of having at least one thing published before I sort of, I'm a scientist, but, (laughs) you know, like I like the commercialization aspect. So while I was there, I got into a summer research project with Dr. Susan Rowland. Again, she sort of tossed the idea of, do you want to do a wet lab or a non-wet lab? And I was really certain that I wanted to explore the non-wet lab aspect. So I got to do an amazing project with her, actually doing radio interviews. <laughs> so so you're a veteran of this process. Oh. Okay, I'll grill you harder. No, so loved that and did some analysis, very different to some of the lab analysis that we do and got one publication out of it which was amazing fantastic yeah and I was like check next yep. moving on to your goal <laughs> yeah so that was that was nice but I think as scientists there's such a broad variety of impact you can bring into this world like as, as a scientist you know the learning curves it's, it's a great way that captured the accomplishments of a scientist however there are so many careers right now that are looking for similar, I guess, expertise that a scientist can bring on. And I don't know if any of them look for how many papers you've published. Like, it's great for the academic world, Mm. but as a scientist in the world out there, I mean, you know, most of the time as undergrads, that's all you hear Mm, about, right? Completely. Like academia, this is how you progress. But a lot of my friends, I remember presenting, it was a small cohort of biotech students, presenting my project, and they're like, wait, what? You you can do a non-wet lab project? Like that itself was like, mm. how did you do that? And I was like, I just asked, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. definitely I was very curious, networked with a lot of industry events, just went out and asked people the kinds of jobs they do. And I realized, oh my God, with a science degree, you, there's so much you can do in so many, like whether mm. it's medical device or agriculture or even branch out to combining it with law and you do the world of patterns, Mm, you know, mm. like combine it with so many like business and then you get into commercialization. So that's a little bit of my personal views on publications are great and I'm sure it was set for a great reason, Mm. but there's There's more out there. There's so much more and just go out there and explore. (laughs) So what about your current position? Talk to me about what you're doing now and, and, and what you're particularly passionate about. As I mentioned at my career, sort of started off with the role at Cook Medical where I was a tech scout, meaning I go out there, um, look at different technologies and uh, meet different people. So whether it's physicians, scientists, startup companies, and look at early stage technologies, that was a sort of good fit for the company at the time and evaluate and see which ones stack up the best, which is in line with Cook Medical's interests, but also in terms of our capabilities and, you know, what's a good fit. So that was a really good process that I got to put a couple of my skill set in technology evaluation. And now my 
current role is evaluating businesses to see, yep, they're a little bit more advanced, they're scaling up, they've got good revenue in Australia, and they're trying to go to international markets. So I evaluate if their business is mature enough to be export ready and help them with international market entry and market expansion strategies. So that's a little bit of what I do at the Australian Trade and Investment Commission, known as Austrade, and I work as a global engagement manager, working with scale-ups of different sectors. So given my background being medical, I work with a lot of health clients, but also work with fintechs, agri-techs, prop tech, energy, and advanced tech companies. So a little bit of a good mix. We're asked to be sector agnostic, so get to learn a little bit of all these different sectors and grow in and work with a lot of market specialists. So we have around 70 different offices around the world. So we have in-market specialists in each of these offices that we can bring in and work with the client and their needs and take them to new markets. It feels like such a different world from academia. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But it, it, it's fantastic. And I think this is the the lesson we need to give to the next generation of scientists, that a scientific education sets you up for so many things. And there's just, as you say, combining it with business, combining it with law, combining it with anything. It's just very exciting at all the possibilities the future holds. Absolutely. Yes. So I want to move on to our rapid fire questions. And I want to ask you first, which women or, or women have had the sort of biggest influence in your life? Yeah, I would say my mum is definitely the person as a woman who's had the biggest influence in my life uh, in terms of shaping my perspectives mm. uh, to look at life in a holistic manner and look at success in a holistic manner. So having said that, I've also had a number of men who's really come along, influenced me and championed me at different stages. Again, starting with my dad, who's given me and my brother equal opportunities, mm. raised us to look at the world and, you know, go out and change the world in any yeah. which way. Like you're not limited based on your gender or, mm. as I mentioned, just raised with equal opportunities. And at key stages of my life, so talked about moving to Australia, I actually had my high school teacher. She's taught me a couple of subjects but um, Mrs. Lisa Hopgood, who just came along and as I got accepted into the science camps, she would drive me all the way to Brisbane. I was once invited to go to the governor's offices as one of the students to like meet her at a reception. And like my parents, super new here, but she'd come along and just drive me to Brisbane, make sure I got to the right places at the right time and just, Amazing. just came around and championed me in that season, helped me understand the system here, just integrate just get integrated into the society here. I think really, really grateful to have her in my life. Moving on to uni days, I had the head of biotech, Professor Ross Bernard, mm -hmm. as I mentioned, again, championed me and in the interest that I sort of pitched to get that non-wet lab research project in my honours year, which led me on to my job or my career at Cook Medical and the former VP and director of Cook Medical Australia, Mr. Barry Thomas, he again created that role, started the team, the new technologies team we were called and now we evolved into new ventures. So very much a lot of key decision makers, male and female, who's come along and championed me. And now at Australia, I get to work with really high performing women and men, great dynamic teams and really grateful where I am today. It's definitely because of a lot of these people who have come alongside and championed me at very key areas of um, my life. 
So moving on to our, our next rapid fire question. Overall in your career, have you experienced any sort of obstacles or challenges that, that have related to your gender? I would say not directly gender related, I, I wouldn't say. I feel like we, like I'm grateful for the women that's gone ahead of us and, mm. you know, paved the way and raised awareness of the different challenges different challenges and and so there's certainly a lot more awareness of inclusiveness in the fact that women have different thought process or perspective and to embrace that and diversity in general I think exactly yes and that's where I I wouldn't say any obstacles that are gender-based yeah grateful for the times we live in there's certainly more things that we're you know solving but I think this is a great part of the world that gives a lot more opportunities for women we even now there's a lot of incentives to make sure there's both male and female on boards you know Mm. or on panels and it's just I, I think it's a great time to be around. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. I think it's so good that people are finally waking up to the fact that diversity makes us better. And, you know, the recognition of that across different fields is, yeah, is exciting. Yeah, and I would say one other thing as well. I think during the pandemic, people have become a little bit more aware in terms of the different needs, like male or female, we need to look after families, mm. you know, we need to care for loved ones, we need yep. to stick around in it. And I just feel like that's opened up a whole new discussion of mental health, well-being. When you look after yourself, you bring your best version to work, to your community, to society in general. So, which is why I said I think it's interesting times, but definitely mm. great times that, that yeah. we live in. And it's the understanding that we're all human at the end of the day. All right, so let's let's go to our final question. What's the best piece of advice that you have received in your career or that you would like to pass on to the next generation? Okay, so my little word of advice, I guess, to myself, if I go a few years back, would be to define what success looks like for me, mm. not to be defined by what the world or other you know, media, whatever else dictates, but Mm. to really understand what's important for me and what is the cost that I'm willing to pay for it. And success could look like having a career, raising a family, doing both, you know, having your own startup, you know, making a difference in a particular problem that you're fascinated by. And I would say going back what is the problem that you want to solve or how do you want to impact the world rather than like one of the questions I grew up hearing a lot was what do you want to be like a Mm. teacher a doctor and it's like no I think it's time to change the narrative and say what are you passionate about solving how do you want to change the world and make an impact you know and and how you get there could look like so many different things and define what success looks like to you and and there is a cost to pay you know Um, whatever we choose to and and know that and, and go for it. That's a fantastic message for everyone to to really look at life and think about what difference do I want to make in this world? So I'm going to leave it there just to say thank you so much again for chatting with us and, and sharing your experience. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to Women in Science, a podcast series from the University of Queensland. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This episode was produced by Dr. Marlou Stecker and Dr. Marina Fortes. Technical production is by Daniel Seed. I'm Dr. Kirsty Short. Thanks for listening.